How elections work in the United States include a variety of different topics. First, nominating candidates for office. Most candidates for political office at the state and federal level are nominated by political parties. Nominees were historically selected by party leaders, but reforms have granted this power to the regular party members. Voters now select nominees through what we call direct primaries. The direct primary resulted in a couple of things, loss of power by party leadership and actually increased the influence of voters. It increased responsibility on candidates for fundraising and managing their campaigns, and it focused now more on candidate characteristics and qualities. Parties select a nominee from among declared candidates for each office within the party. Each party then supports and promotes its nominees in the general election. Some candidates run as independents. Keep in mind that candidates who are most popular with a party's base of core voters are often ideological, pure, or extreme. This is generally the type of candidate who will resonate with political engaged partisans early on in the election process. In the general election, however, moderate candidates will draw more support from nonpartisan, middle-of-the-road voters. For this reason, moderates have historically been more electable. The choice of nominees for office demonstrates the tension between a more partisan candidate who will motivate the party's voter base in a general election versus a moderate candidate who will draw votes from the middle. The first step are primary elections. Most states hold primary elections in which voters choose each party's nominee for each office on the ballot. In an open primary, voters may choose at their polling places to vote in either the Democratic or Republican contest. In a closed primary, voters must be registered as Republicans or Democrats in order to receive the party's ballot. In presidential primaries held every four years, parties select their presidential and vice presidential nominees. The parties have a system for choosing candidates on the national level. Presidential primaries exist when the voters select delegates who will vote for the chosen nominee at the nominating convention. A caucus includes about one-fifth of the states that hold caucuses rather than primary elections to select delegates to the presidential nominating convention. Caucuses are local meetings of party members that are held all across the state where voters discuss and debate merits of their party's candidates for the nomination. The process is complicated and time-consuming and results in delegate selection by only the most committed voters in the state. And as we've said, only Iowa primarily uses the caucus system today. The differences among primaries and caucuses are significant because they involve a different set of participants and result in different candidate selection patterns. Primary turnout runs low overall. The more limited the nominating procedure, the more partisan and motivated the voters are, and the more ideological intense the nominee has to be. The delegates are then selected to go to the nominating convention to officially award their state's votes to be the candidate for the party. Front-loading, again, is the practice of holding a primary or caucus early on in the election cycle. States with early candidate selection have an impact on the overall nominee and more focus by the candidates and the media. Iowa, again, holds the first caucus, and then New Hampshire holds the first primary, and then each of the states after that have a date in those early spring months. The nominating convention is in the summer of presidential election years, where each of the major political parties holds a convention. It includes several functions. They formally adopt the party's platform, which is a statement of where they stand on political issues. 
They select the presidential candidate and vice presidential candidate. They unify behind this platform and nominee to encourage support and to get people excited about the upcoming election. They're typically glamorous, staged, and televised events. They serve as advertising, promoting the party's message, and the candidate to the general public. The general election is different if we're talking about Congress versus the president. Congressional elections are held every two years. Winners are determined using the single-member plurality system. This means that the candidate with the most votes wins the election, even if no candidate has a majority of votes. In each congressional election, voters in the states select all 435 members of the House and one-third of the Senate seats. In presidential election years, the politics of presidential elections impact congressional candidates. Both the popularity of the presidential nominee and the level of uh, opposition may impact voter turnout. An extremely unpopular president of the opposite party may help a congressional candidate's performance at the polls. Likewise, a popular presidential candidate may boost votes for other down-ballot candidates called the coattail effect. Congressional elections that do not coincide with presidential elections are called midterm or off-year elections. Voter turnout rates are normally significantly lower in midterm than in presidential elections. Another notable phenomenon associated with midterm elections is that the president's party tends to lose seats in Congress. The loss of seats occurs regardless of which party holds the White House and has been remarkably consistent since the first election of FDR. The reason for seat loss appeared to be structural in part because the opposition base is more likely to be motivated and energized in off-year elections. Losing seats can then weaken the president's ability to enact his or her agenda in the second two years of his presidential term. In addition to presidential and congressional races, ballots in federal election years include state and local races. When you are campaigning for Congress, as power has receded, campaigns have become more candidate-centered, created both advantages and disadvantages for candidates. Candidates must raise more of their own funds, so the fundraising aspect creates pressure for all candidates, but it's more seen in the House, who has to campaign every two years. Senators have a longer interval, six years between elections, and they spend more per campaign than members of the House, but again, they only have to run for re-election every six years. Candidates hire professional campaign management who create advertising, speak to the press, conduct polls, develop strategy, and look at party preferences. Candidates are more independent of political party control. They may be running for office for the first time, or they are an incumbent in office. The incumbency holds a number of strategic strategic advantages. Number one is name recognition. Incumbents receive free publicity, both through the media as a function of their role in government. Voters have heard incumbents' names many times, while the names of the challengers may be unfamiliar. Research shows that recognition of a candidate's name by itself is likely to positively affect voters. Casework. Members of Congress provide personal assistance to constituents, the voters in their states or district, with problems involving the federal government. This is known as pork barrel legislation, meaning that they can specifically relate or say things that they have done to help their state or district. The franking privilege allows lawmakers to send material to citizens within their state or district at a taxpayer expense. Challengers must pay or fund their own mailings. 
Committee assignments, all members of Congress serve on one or more committees, again, allowing them to develop relationships with specific, often powerful voting bases. They also get interest group support, so interest groups tend to use their PACs to donate money to incumbents. Gerrymandering also is in play. Gerrymandering districts have created hundreds of safe seats for political parties and paid budgets. Incumbents had staffing, administrative, and travel budgets that are already paid for by the taxpayers. Although most congressional elections involve an incumbent facing off against a challenger, candidates sometimes find themselves competing for an open seat. An open seat happens when the incumbent does not seek re-election. In an open election, the popularity of the outgoing incumbent may be a factor, but not always.